I'm thankful for my good looks. I'm thankful for having the most ravishing body in the WWF. I'm thankful because I ain't Ricky Rude. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Well, let me tell you something. Well, let me tell you something. 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 Let me tell you something, man. Greetings Grapple fans, it's time once again for another dose of professional wrestling discussion as two differing generations try to understand each other whilst they make arcane or obtuse references that the other one won't get. What are you talking about Skrillex? What do you mean the Charleston? Yes, it's Let Me Tell You Something. I'm your co-host Lorcan Mullen and with me as always is the Antonio Thomas to my Johnny Heartbreaker, the Doug Pretty Boy Summers to my Playboy Buddy Rose, the Doctor of Desire Tom Pritchard to my Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey, Mr. Simon Cross. Simon, I can't remember if I've said this is a pro wrestling podcast or not, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing great uh, as always, Uh, thank you for the lovely as always introduction, um... Pretty Boy is not a term frequently associated with me, I must say. I, I possess quite uh, a mundane look, mm-hmm. I'd be brutally honest. Interesting. Character actor features, would you say? <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm definitely on that. I'm, I'm not in the Ryan Gosling field, field of acting, more the John C. <laughs> Riley field of acting. Yeah, but John C. Riley will be getting work in his 50s. What will Ryan Gosling be doing, other than screwing... 25-year-olds who fancied him when they were young. <laughs> that got quite morbid towards the end. <laughs> ah, it depends, depends how we're screwing them. <laughs> but this is, unfortunately for both of us, going to be a podcast dedicated towards looks. The good looks. Yeah. The bad looks. But more specifically, the pretty looks. We will be discussing the common professional wrestling trope of the pretty boy character. Now, Simon, what are your first thoughts when you're asked, what do you think of the pretty boy character? Do you think it's a good character? Do you think it works in this modern day? What do you think are the defining characteristics of a pretty boy? Um, well, right off the bat, it's, it's a very look-dependent character. It's not a character necessarily... It, it, it's sort of where, to an extent, the... A wrestler's ability to use that, utilize that gimmick is secondary to how he actually looks. With a subversion of uh, the dashing Cody Rhodes um, experiment, which is, I'd say, the most prior to Tyler Breeze was the most recent mainstream incarnation. Mm. Mainstream is in WWE. I'm sorry, uh, incarnation of the Pretty Boy character. In terms of what I think of first, it's a weird one uh, because. The one you think of first is the model Rick Martel, mm. uh, even though obviously he's more from your uh, 
younger, like when you were growing up, he was more around then, obviously compared to. He never really made any um, Legends appearances. In the no, WWE. very fleeting. Uh, he will probably be a Hall of Famer eventually, but a uh, you know one of the first two names that Howard Fink will announce, and they'll get polite applause. Oh yeah, not, he's not going to be heading any class no, anytime no. soon. But he also seems to be one of the more well-adjusted professional wrestlers. Um, don't hear about him. You don't. I don't. I don't think. I mean, we're dating this now, but we come from this a few months after Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair uh, and Roddy Piper. Sorry, Ric Flair will never die. Dusty Rhodes and Roddy Piper's passing away, and it was quite depressing to think that Roddy Piper, when I found out that he was 61 when he died, thought, thinking, "Well, that's a good innings for a pro wrestler," especially with the shit that Roddy Piper must have got up to in the 80s. <laughs> Uh, it's sad, but it's true, uh, and that, that's that's kind of the scary part of the the, uh, the uh, thing we love is that sixty one is actually a good score. Um, I think Dusty Rhodes managed sixty eight as well, which is even more yeah. when you look at him. <laughs> but and, and of course, but then he gave birth to one of the more recent practitioners of the pretty boy look with uh, Cody Rhodes. The thing is now, like a lot of things, uh, I think the Pretty Boy character from now on will have to be laced with a certain amount of irony, um, like mm. most of these gimmicks do now. Uh, whether you consider that a bad thing or a good thing, a lot of the great gimmicks going on right now in NXT are all very tongue-in-cheek, like the Vaude villains and so on. But, uh, as you say, the most recent practitioner of the Pretty Boy is Tyler Breeze. And to point out modern... Uh, art, modern equivalences of the classic tropes, instead of him having a mirror and being obsessed with his uh, mirror image or reflection, he is constantly taking selfies on his phone and has a selfie stick. Mm. The ultimate sign of vanity in this very vain age that we live in, the age of the selfie. Oh, yeah. Simon, are you much of a selfie practitioner yourself? Um, my, Mine are... Your selfie? <laughs> <laughs> When I take selfies, I, I, I take silly selfies. I don't take serious selfies. Uh, I'm not a practitioner of, of the duck face pout. Uh, mm. It's it's not a move in my arsenal. No. Uh, but uh, it's one of those... Again, that's, that's one of the things about Tyler Breeze is the fact that he's... he's ta- he can tell that the character believes he's good-looking, mm. but do you, you often think, are there elements of him taking the mick out of people who do that kind of thing with the yeah. duck face power. Is, is, is he satirising or is he just playing well, with I think like pussy boy? It's hard to tell. There's, some of, there's something of Zoolander in his character, quite clearly. He's oh, yeah. basically doing blue steel at all times. And also, he has, which I think is good for a lot of pretty boy characters, he has quite exaggerated features. Mm. Like, he's good looking, but he's sort of preposterously so. Like, it's gone... It's just gone... Like, like if you look at, like, the perfect specimen would maybe be someone like John Hamm from hmm. Mad Men. Ridiculously handsome. And then, like, a slightly... Exaggerated... Ah, that's different. That's different. That's handsome. That's yes, not good yes. looking. But you know what I mean? It's, it's ridiculously good looking. Uh, yeah. Specifically handsome. The handsome type of good looking. And then if you just take that a little bit further, you've got Bruce Campbell, who's also handsome, but has just got these slightly exaggerated features. Yeah. I think that's the same thing with Tyler Breeze. He is attractive. He's a good-looking man. Yeah. But there are some slight exaggerations, probably through his own facial expressions and also his quite ludicrous hair and frilly 
you know, he's taken the sort of frilly uh, boots to a new level, not seen even beyond the Ultimate Warrior in his tassels era. <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, Bailey runs him close for yes. her uh, arm frills. Yes, uh, but he, he. I think he is the frilliest character in NXT, to say the least. Okay, so we've looked at the modern context. Now let's go way, 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 way back. Now I'll be interested to see whether you would define this character as a pretty boy, because. I, I, not just good looks, I, I think Pretty Boy is usually a heel character, and I think one of the reasons that it will rattle a male audience, mm. which is predominantly what wrestling's been, is to, frankly, their effeminacy, and, you know, possibly borderline homosexual illusions. Mm. And for that, you go to the original illusionist, which is Mr. Gorgeous George, with the bleach blonde hair, the flowers, the robes, the obsession with his own appearance. And the hygiene as well. Didn't and he have, hygiene. like, the yeah. uh, ref's hands always squirted yes. with perfume as yeah. well, yeah. And he's many considered... I mean, he's the first name that you hear on that old... Uh, before they went to then, now, forever, the going through the history of pro wrestling, the history of WWE, the first... Oh, the old intros. The I first did name, like the old intro. The first name you hear is Gorgeous George. And it's Freddie Blassie straight afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, oh, I did like that one. Mm. I, I really did. But um, so I'm going to argue that Gorgeous George is the original Pretty Boy character, and also within Britain, you then only a few years later got Adorable Adrian Streets, which then, then he pushed more the um, effeminacy and the homosexuality of mm. it, whereas Gorgeous George, it was, I feel pretty, oh so pretty. I'd, I'd say he was the big, the first mainstream classic example. Mm. I, I think around that time, you're right. The effeminacy was would have a heelish lilt to it, and I'd say even as late as the time that you could possibly put Shawn Michaels into the Pretty Boy character uh, phase. Well, quite easily. Mm. Uh, one of the reasons he got booed when he was the face. It was by male sections of the audience who perhaps didn't like that part's character. But these days, with attitudes changing, sorry, go on. I don't think that Shawn Michaels was ever played as a as a gay character particularly. He always had sensational sherry by his arm. He was the heartbreak kid. He was the sexy boy. He had women screaming for him. So in that case, he's getting crowds angry because they think their girlfriend or their wife might fancy him. Not gay, but camp, possibly. Yeah. You can't deny there was a campness. There was a campness. It? Anyone who's got that kind of mullet in 1993 after Nevermind comes out has got to have a bit of camp to him. <laughs> <laughs> and with the chaps, the assless chaps, although they always used to make fun of him for that until I remember seeing Damien Sandow point out that all chaps are assless. That's what makes them chaps. <laughs> Shawn Michaels is saying, I was trying to tell them this for years! <laughs> but, uh, but before we get to the bridge in between Gorgeous George to Shawn Michaels, it's interesting how that effeminacy and that eventually became almost... Then it got taken up by Nature Boy Buddy Rose and Nature Boy Ric Flair. Mm. And Ric Flair was all about hammering home just how heterosexual he was. <laughs> like, there's almost a level of sexuality beyond heterosexuality, which is what Ric Flair was. But oh, he had, the uh, over-defensive nature. Yeah, but he had the quaffed 
bleach blonde hair, yeah. he had, which he took great care in. He was a very vain man. But that became, in the 80s, that became a strutting peacock with his big robes, but also his Armani suits. Yuppie. And, very yuppie yes, There was a bit of a yuppie element to it. You're right, you know, the my shoes cost more than your house. Yeah. Uh, I arrived I, to arena by helicopter. Yeah. Especially when fighting um, such a common man uh, yes. in Dusty Rhodes. Yes, of course, Dusty Rhodes. And Dusty Rhodes was meant to be sort of the, you know, he's the unattractive, ugly, fat, working man. So I guess that's what we're supposed to relate to against the equivalent of the pretty boy. Although, you know, you look at Ric Flair, and I'm not, I'm no offence to the man, but I, I can't see any point where that face could truly be considered handsome, but apparently it was. Having seen Flair in the flesh, it, it's it's not his looks, it's his presence. I can yes. say that for free. You were at uh, one of his Q&A sessions, were you, recently? I was, when he visited the fair city of Leicester. What uh, did he think of? Did he pronounce it Leicester, or was he like Leicester? <laughs> uh, no, he, he. to be fair, he was a few dates into Britain by then. He'd already been to... So London. he's already well in the tank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he had an interesting way of pronouncing cider. It's like cider, like sort of, <laughs> well, like a numeric book, sort of. <laughs> not okay. like that. I, I, yeah, I, I, well, I'm gonna have some cider. <laughs> I should point out, I am terrible at accents, but he put like that American enunciation on the a syllable completely different to how we do it with cider. That, that that's that's the point I'm trying to say. Did you ask him any questions? I didn't, but uh, some of the questions he was asked, I was really interested in. Uh, the one I was really glad that someone else asked uh, was how he came back from his broken back. Um, the plane crash. The plane crash. Because he was a big fella back then. Mm. He, he was rambling. He wanted to be rambling Ricky Rhodes, and he was every bit as big as Dusty Rhodes. And then he had to lose like, well, he didn't have to, but he lost like fifty pounds or sixty pounds. And yeah, which in some way helped his pretty boy character. Just to yeah, yeah. Well, he couldn't have been, you know, that unless there was a layer of irony there, of course. Well, yeah, but here's the thing: there are two types. Of, well, well, certainly in what I can tell in the modern day, there were two types of pretty boy character. There were the slender um, pretty boy characters, your dashing Cody Rhodes, your Tyler Breeze, your Shawn Michaels, uh, Rick Martel, not a particularly big fella himself. Uh, and then on the other slant, uh, I don't know if this was because of the sort of action heroes that were around in the 90s, your Slys and your Arnies, but there seemed to be a beefed up version that was around that time you buff bagwell to a lesser extent you rob conway who was probably a, a satirization of buff bagwell mm. um i was probably uh, wcw think had a fair few of them as well as buff bagwell like that that was a ten of penny character around that time i believe in wcw yeah the, the thing is very often the pretty boy gimmick can be just like we've got nothing else to give this guy I remember they gave it to Scotty Riggs after the Ravens' flock split up, and he was—he wasn't even given a big mirror. It was like a little handheld mirror. That's how little yeah. budget WCW was willing to put into it. And it again, could be very easy because when you look at it, like eighty percent of people in the wrestling industry, in the mainstream wrestling industry, will probably have the attributes required to have some form of a pretty boy character because they're all ripped to shreds yeah there has to be so that's why things like scotty riggs and maybe to an extent buff bagwell it just seemed sort of even uh, um, just give him that just give him that yeah I but think buff it, bagwell, it was more like the ludicrous um costumes as well like the silly hats and the it was more it was more the physique i suppose it was more like a lex luger narcissist gimmick which i guess is where you're coming from the more beefed up physique based uh, yeah. gimmicks rather than the 
good-looking face gimmicks. Is there is there not an argument that they're variants of the same? They're variants, but I would I would add a third level to that, and that's the ironic, delusional pretty boy, and that's where we get Playboy Buddy Rose, a notoriously rotund individual that was yeah. convinced that he was a ladies' man, debonair, devilishly handsome. I'd character. say, um, so sorry to sorry that, but um, I'd say that one of the great examples of a mutation of that. I mean, Cody Rhodes again. And I don't want to keep saying. Well, I think we want to keep saying this to sound like we're slagging some people off, but this is about looks. This is how it is. Not what you would call a classic pretty boy. And then he was given this. He's all right looking. He's got a all, yeah looking face, but you like you could you could get him in the right light. But I, there was a lot of irony behind that as well, especially with the moustache. As soon mm. as the moustache came along, then he became the one of the most popular acts. Isn't it crazy? Like, it's like how Mick Foley says he spends all this time jumping off of cages, crashing into barbed wire, bleeding his face off, losing an ear, losing an ear. And what gets the biggest reaction ever is when he pulls a sock out of his trousers. <laughs> Similarly with Cody Rhodes, he does all these high flying moves. He busts his ass, does has great matches. But what got the crowd more into him than anything else, perhaps, was when he grew a very weak pencil, pencil moustache. And I think that's that one. It was not long after that where his character had to mutate, and that, that's where the ironic third level comes in. After Mysterio broke his nose, yeah, 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 that gave his character, which was pretty much dying by then. I mean, when when a moustache is saving you, yeah, a moustache will do I for I think a moustache came afterwards. I think he reinvented himself again with that. He was pretty boy, like, with the reflection. Then he had his face broken. Yeah, that, yeah, broken. And turned then... into, like, Doctor Doom. And then he came back to dashing and teamed up with um, Damien Sandow and then the moustache. And then they split up over Money in the Bank. And then he just sort of came, became bland Cody Rhodes' baby face until Stardust. To give, give Cody Rhodes credit, he's a man that's reinvented himself a number of different times, and he puts it all into every one of those characters. Oh, yeah. The man works damn hard at his game. Same, same with Wade Barrett as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and again, there's one of the few exceptions where they couldn't play a pretty boy character because they've made so many dispurging remarks about him already where if Who, he did have to play like it... Barrett? Yeah. Uh, oh, with that, Lawler, with that mug. <laughs> yeah, as I say, Jerry Lawler's I mean, comments about his nose every week means if he ever played a pretty boy character, he'd have to go into that He's got himself frame. into ridiculously good, like, cross-ripped shape, shape oh, yeah. which I never thought... I just assumed he never had the genetics for it, but he proved yeah. it wrong there. Um... Because some of us just can't get to six packs. Now, here's an here's a little thing though. Like I said, eighty percent of the roster very often could be given a, a pretty boy gimmick or or a vain gimmick, you know, a, a narcissist gimmick. What about wrestlers where their looks are a key element to their popularity, but it's not played upon as much? Giving you examples, Roman Reigns. Very, very infuriatingly good-looking man. <laughs> but they want to emphasise him as a badass, you know, as a tough guy. Uh, in Japan, Hiroshi Tanahashi, adored by women, um, but... Hard as nails. Hard as nails, like the, the great wrestler of his, of his era. Uh, um, say, J- John Morrison, or, well, Johnny Nitro into John Morrison. Yeah. Great-looking I mean, guy, high flyer, a little they bit. They emphasised his rock star 
element, so I suppose that was good looks. And, and with Eminem, I suppose they were a variant of the pretty people of Hollywood, the beautiful people of Hollywood, I suppose. Oh, yeah. No, Eminem, you could argue, was a pretty boy gimmick. But, there um, are photos taken at all times. Yeah. But uh, John Morrison was more of... Um... Yeah, John Morrison's a much more handsome man than Joey Mercury. I don't think even <laughs> Joey Mercury would dispute that. With his weird penis-shaped head. <laughs> I can't. I, I've never seen. I've never seen it like that now. And now I'm like, I know I won't be able to unsee it. It's a good thing they're off television at the moment. Yeah. But yeah. So or, or now there's other ones where their good looks are a key part of their selling, but maybe they don't emphasise it as much. Like, would uh, the Hardy Boys and Lita? Uh, would they fall in the Pretty Boy gimmick because they were certainly very popular with the um, women, uh, young women. Fat, fat chicks. <laughs> was often joked when Matt Hardy was making his big comeback. I. It's tough to tell because is that the fact that they're so alternative and edgy that gets them over with the women, or is it their good looks? Because Matt, I don't, that I, again, n- not bad looking, but not good looking. Well, some people don't age gracefully, you know. Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio is not a particularly handsome man anymore. But uh, you know, especially compared to his Titanic era, Leo, that that guy has puffed out and grown ugly, ugly beards <laughs> in the interim. But it doesn't really matter. Um, whereas Jeff Hardy seems to have maintained. CM Punk was a good-looking alternative rocker kind of guy, especially with some of the notches he has on his bedpost. Oh, yeah. um, no offense to the fella, but he doesn't look as great anymore. Um, but he's not nice. really going to care if he He's wins. just aged. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, some people age gracefully. John Hamm. Uh, John Cena hasn't aged at all. No. I don't know <laughs> what he's doing to it. Like his, what his uh, face regimen I get the like feeling Roman Reigns will age very gracefully. The mm. bastard. <laughs> uh, Ambrose, not so much. I think those the scars... Shawn Michaels hasn't aged particularly well. No, as you can tell by his uh, insistence of always wearing a hunting hat when he makes appearances now. Bret Hart used to age, used to be quite well aged, but then he he looks so much like Stu now. It's kind of worrying. Well, not worrying. I suppose it's, it's a relief. Well, he's definitely my dad. But you know, <laughs> sometimes maybe Stu wanted to like you know. Oh man, I'm just gonna have to uh, offshore. What's the what's the outsource this kid. I'm not going to manage all 12. Come on, Helen. Go elsewhere for a bit. <laughs> but it's it's one of those situations with Pretty Boy characters. You're right, because um, 80% of a roster, of a wrestling roster, qualify in some way to be a Pretty Boy. It's sort of got that negative connotation with the smart fans, as when someone comes out with a Pretty Boy character, it's very much akin to creative has nothing for you. Mm. Which is why I think the Pretty Boy character, it's, it's a very poison chalice. Okay, here's, here's a, let's, let's take this down to another alley. What about pretty girl characters? Is there such a thing? <laughs> or is it more that the, the norm is that they're ridiculously attractive and the odd one out are your awesome Kongs or your Bull Nakanos? It's, uh, it's the latter, I'd say. Um, women, in wrestling have are a lot more a lot more look dependent there's more of an aesthetic requirement for them yes it's changing slowly um now WWE are picking up the bat and it's interesting to see how they'll run for it run with it um 
when Bailey comes up to the main roster, as she's not, well, she's, she's not, she's cute as a button, but she's not the supermodel mold that they usually go for. Well, you can argue neither Charlotte really. I mean, she's an incredible athlete, but yeah. not only has she inherited her dad's in-ring abilities and athleticism, mm. she's uh, inherited a fair few of his facial features as well. Yeah. Um. So. I mean, she can be more than, you know, she's more than, you know, who are we? Who are we? To... <laughs> this is the thing. This is the thing. We, we're not coming from a strong position. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I think Charlotte would be able to, you know, swipe right on either of our twin. Uh, swipe left, is it? Or swipe right on either. Swipe right is to accept. Swipe okay, she, was, she would be right. well within her re- just to swipe left on either of us on Tinder. Of course, some of us are moving in with their girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> Sell out. <laughs> If you start a chant, we've become one of those shows. <laughs> That'd be a hell of a chant to start, like a coughing chant. <coughs> Sell out. out! I'm fed up of wrestling fan chants. I really am. I just It's getting to the point where they're just going, four syllables. Four syllables. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, thankfully, in the New Days, they're trying to create ones yeah, based yeah. off New Days, at least got them out of the... Yeah. Previous way of thinking. Yeah. Uh, but... We'll talk Sh- about Charlotte's that fine because... At some point. She's very tall. Yeah, and thankfully, uh, she's she sort of benefited from the Rousey uh, hype. Yeah, yeah. Because women in sports, not just all general sports and general media, uh, especially with the British uh, government's uh, sporting campaign, This Girl Can, mm. as well, is that the emphasis is not longer on pure looks it's like oh i'm athletic well the thing is if you're athletic you've almost certainly got an amazing body to begin with an actual appropriate healthy body not a hollywood you know skinny physique it's on a ribcage yeah ronda rousey has a you know great body because she works out like a motherfucker you know it's a machine she will kill um so if you've got any kind of attractive face then you will be a looker um you know yeah. Uh, again, going back to the idea that 80% of the roster of a WWE at any one time could, in theory, be given a, a, a pretty boy gimmick. Another, other wrestlers that are based on their good looks, Razor Ramon. A lot of that was derived from his handsome, sort of Cuban, Italian looks. But... Because he put up quite a bit of resistance when he came over, and they were like, you've got to drop the moustache. And he really didn't want to do it at the time. So he had that Magnum PI thing, didn't he? And the yeah. Magnum, Magnum TA, another man that had his uh, female followers. But I guess maybe when it's more of a rugged handsomeness, there's more of a an acceptance from men. Men mm. would be like, ah, uh, he's one of us. Like, like the Chris Pratt school of Hollywood, you know? Yeah. yeah, he's ruggedly handsome, but he seems like he'd be a cool guy to have a drink with as well. So It's sort of the Seth where, versus... Where, where, uh, where the... the Tyler Breezes of this world would have an apple teeny. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's sort of the Seth versus Dean argument, in a way, because Seth is CrossFit attractive, because that's, that's what he does. And for a professional wrestler, very few scars on his face. And like, obviously, he's got... I don't know. I mean, have you seen photos of him when he was a kid? He had to grow a beard out for a reason. There's not... Yeah. Uh, for, for a wrestler... Yeah. Now, obviously, especially with the two-tone hair and his yeah, that stupid hair, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he seems he's he seems to be he, te- he attracts some women. There's a difference between having a good look and being good looking. 
I think Seth Rollins has a good look, and I'm sure he does well for himself. Well, we know he's done well for himself, for himself. as those uh, scandalous photos revealed. Yeah. But, again, I don't think, I think if a woman was asked to rate on a pure aesthetic re, um, comparison, mm-hmm. Seth Rollins versus, say, Roman Reigns, I no. think 99 out of 100 women prefer. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's more of, okay, let's take it to the Roman, and I'll put Roman and Seth in the same category for this. I'm just using the shield as an example. Uh, rugged handsomeness, like, sort of grizzled handsomeness. Dean Ambrose. Classic magazine cover handsomeness uh, to a lesser extent Seth but definitely Roman and obviously that's where may, more men will be in conversation yeah Dean's not well, a bad looking fella I believe that Dean's currently stepping out with Renner Young so he's obviously got his appeals <laughs> surely his is more like oh it's the bad boy <laughs> yeah which to an extent gets him over, like, I mean, Punk got him a lot of uh, a female attention I mean you listen to the s- crowd the sound of the crowd um when uh, Dean Ambrose comes into the ring, there's a lot of female response. <laughs> well, yeah, we, 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 this has gone down some weird avenues. This conversation, but, um, it was always going to be a strange one. To be yeah, it was always going to be a strange one. No, I think it was always going to be a, a fairly short one. Uh, are there any other areas you wanted to cover before we start winding down on this one side? Uh, there is a question I wanted to ask you, and yes, I think absolutely. you sort of said of alluded to it earlier. Can you be a pretty boy face? In today's uh, in today's wrestling, well, if we're defining a pretty boy face as it's like their nickname is Pretty Boy Cody Rhodes or Dashing Cody, Dashing Cody Rhodes could have never really been a baby face unless it's in an ironic way. Mm. Tyler Breeze, if he becomes a baby face, he'll drop the selfie stick, or if he keeps it, he'll be taking it with fans along the way. That'd be good, uh, and foreign object potential is. I think. All I over think. That. In this modern day and age, a pretty boy gimmick would work if it's in irony. A pretty boy gimmick would work a lot if it was given to, say, Kevin Owens. <laughs> if you suddenly gave Kevin Owens a, a pretty boy gimmick, the fans would go crazy for it. Oh, I'm not so sure on that one. Maybe not, maybe because it's Kevin Owens, but you know what I mean? They'll love the irony. Someone but, like uh, that. Yeah. A, a Kevin, someone who looks like Kevin Owens. Wrestling has become that, very postmodern. You know, like, you know, if Bray Wyatt weren't Bray Wyatt and they decided you're going to be pretty boy. <laughs> Bobby Wayne, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's no worse than the names. Is they that John got. Wayne's brother? Yeah, yeah. Um, Robert Wayne. It was a carpenter, I think. <laughs> Quite as well. Uh, yeah. So I think a pre-boy character can be. Well, that's the thing. In the eighties, the seventies, the Von Erics. They were the ultimate pretty boys. Yeah, uh, they worshipped everywhere in Texas. So it can work. The Hardy Boys were very popular in the 2000s. They need to have two things going for them. They need to have one thing for the women with the good looks, but they need to either be high-flying, exciting wrestlers, Mm. or, you know, tough as nails, or charismatic, or funny, or something to hook in the male part of the audience as well. That was definitely the... That was Shawn Michaels' undoing in 96, the fact that... That was the only time they really tried to run the Pretty Boy gimmick as the top headlining act. Mm -hmm. And it didn't really work. It didn't do well for numbers. I mean, just look at the reaction that he got in New York City. That was one of the first times where it was more like the smarky, grown-up crowd Mm. shitting on the product as it was presented to them and going for Psycho Sid, the heel. And and in the face of that, they had to go against the cool, edgy NWO who was just coming out of the blocks. So they were still fresh. Yeah. 
So, with a smarter crowd, what are you more likely going to want to watch? Again, like like I said, like I said, Scott Hall, good-looking guy, but because he had that rugged, tough, you know, Razor Ramon gimmick. Kevin Nash, big Kevin sexy. Kevin Nash, handsome man, big sexy, but he was cool and charismatic and funny. Yeah. Oh, um, and there's a man that's aged well, when he's not got the Tarzan set up for... Uh, Magic Mike. Magic Mike. His distinguished grey look definitely works for the man. Mm. Um, Again, yeah. Um, So much, but that's what... That's what cocaine do to you. (laughs) Just look at Sean Waltman. (laughs) Yes, my goodness. Even he'll be the first to tell you that what he did contributed to how he looks today. Though he was never a pretty boy. If you look back at the one, two, three kid, he never had a chin. That's fresh what fa- he was fresh-faced. Fresh-faced, but so was bloody Wayne Rooney when he was 16. There's youthfulness and there's fresh face. But there's football. Like, to go to footballers, Diego Costa. Is the that is not 27. He's 7-year-old I've ever seen in my life. And he's an athlete. He's supposed to be at the peak of his physical capabilities and he's got that face at 27 <laughs> okay here's, here's here's a second question based off the fact of that I mean you've already sort of touched it with Charlotte um, inheriting some more of her paternal genetics than her maternal genetics and face wise say there was a really say the best wrestler, women's wrestler in the world right now was a body let's say like, I mean I hate to do this so narcissistically and like this selfishly but say uh say she had a body of a nine ten but a face of a one two what what do you really think the wwe would have what would it do well, a one or a two is like quasimodo you know? all right all right a i f- think four. if she was a yeah. a f- no she wouldn't well if you want evidence of that sarah del rey has never been allowed on tv but she might be as responsible as anyone else is for how well women's wrestling is being perceived now in the WWE. And there's an example. She was a great wrestler. Yeah. She had a decent... You know, she was a decent look, but that was the thing. She never went above decent. Yeah. I mean, she was good um, enough for Cesaro, but, you know... Molly, Molly Holly was like another one. Molly Holly's a good-looking woman. But Holly was Molly Holly was like a seven, at least. Yeah. If we're going to be very, very crass now, like the Kevin Dunn school of assessing female talents. Trouble is, when you talk and about... Then, and, then, and then she was presented as like a fat, mm. you know, unattractive person. Again, and Mickey James. Yeah, it's like Mickey James. Really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> or Nydia, that was another one. She was perceived as too fat and ugly. Yeah. So they and, like the trailer park trash gimmick. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, again, when Gillian, I don't know why, and I, I, I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but I feel I have to because the way they treat it did a the fact they did it in the first place. And Look, B, WWE and misogyny, we could go into a whole. Yeah, that could be it. That could be. It. That could be a whole podcast series in itself. It but when Gillian came up with that growth on her face, and rather than give use it as a chance to be shown as like you know accepting. Um, you know, be a star kids because this is as they were going. Well, the was so video. absurd anyway. It wasn't. Yeah. You think there wasn't anything natural to it. There wasn't anything. It wasn't. A it good was obviously fake. It was a stick on. So yeah. it couldn't even. It was a weird thing. But it was a weird, weird thing that one. That the fact that they did it in the first place, and the fact how well, the commentators reacted to it anyway. Yeah, but the fact that they did it, and the fact that how the commentators reacted to it. Mm. is a very good snapshot of how the WWE feels about women. Yeah. Or felt about women. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
But hopefully that's changing. As far as how they feel about men, men are still expected to keep a certain aesthetic. um, And as long as there are well-built men with handsome, with good-looking but slightly effeminate features, there will always be room for the pretty boy gimmick. As long as there are Justin Biebers in this world, Mm. there will be Tyler Breezes. So, go on, sorry. I was going to say, they'll be there, but I don't think, I think the pretty boy gimmick is no longer as effective as it once was. That, that's just how it is now. It, it's it's, it's, it's effective. It will always be a mid-card gimmick. Yeah, but even as a mid-card gimmick, I think it has lost some effectiveness. I think gimmicks in themselves are losing their effectiveness to an extent. But that, that's well, another conversation. That, but now they're laced in irony, like we say. Although, yeah. yeah, there's always been irony. There was irony in Playboy Buddy Rose. There was irony in Val Venus. There was irony in all those sort of characters. Hmm. It, you know, and you see it in real life. I mean, if anyone wants to Google a gentleman in the darts world called Steve Beaton, that was the equivalent of the rugged pretty boy in darts. And it's <laughs> the wonderful... Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, it's just a sen- the sentence in itself. I mean... Exactly, exactly. Look him up. And it, oh, it's brilliant. Anyway, are we ready to make our venture to the wonderful, a uh, wide-open vista of Dakota to look at this Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling pretty boys? I was going to say the most well-chiseled Mount Rushmore we've yes, ever done. Yes, very much so. <laughs> very good. Very good. Simon, so, you go first, then I'll give my four, and then if we've got some crossover... Uh, if we don't have any crossover, then we'll boil it down to one. Great. Okay. Um, first off the bat, Rick Martel. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think the way, like the fact that is, he had his own scent. I don't think anyone's yeah. gone to the extent where they've had their own. Scent. He like he commit the model the commitment to the model character in a time when character characters were quite rich in WWE in terms of, you know, you had to be have a role, a job kind of thing, and you wrestled as well as that, like Repo Man or the Wrestling Garbage Man or IRS. Um, but R- Martel, especially with his Jake the Snake Roberts, where um, it's sort of he, this pristine man going against this rugged babyface hero and, it, and his snake, um, especially with... Apart from the blindfold bit, I don't know what they were doing there, but he, it just shows how mm-hmm. classic and in its hate in national televised syndicate heyday, how effective the model character, what uh, the model slash pretty boy character was at one point. Second face, Tyler Breeze, because it shows it has some value in the modern day, mm-hmm. and it's a very, especially with his specialised catwalk entrances, which he's done a lot of takeovers. Uh, the way he's using modern terminology with it, it shows the evolution of the Pretty Boy character to an extent. Are you sure you feel comfortable with a character that's only remained in developmental being on your all-time top four greats? Well, yeah, because it shows that it's surviving today. Okay. Um, whereas that 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 that's the reason I'm having it there. Um, that that, that that's, that's, that's the fine. The Mount Rushmore is open to our own individual interpretations. Third one. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Narcissus Lex Luger. Okay. Because uh, that shows how the bodybuilder uh, side of it, I think that was pretty effective. And it gave Lex something to do that wasn't the Lex Express 
Very short-lived gimmick. He had that. He debuted that in the Royal Rumble in '93, and it was gone by June of '93. So he only got a short. And the fact that it's still quite memorable with the mirrors and the yeah. And that was also he was doing that post steroids, so he was having to work bloody hard to do it. And my fourth one. Oof, it's a tough one. Um, I'm trying not to be the guy that always does WWE lockouts, but purely for the way he, <clears throat> he adapted to the circumstances he was in with the Pretty Boy character and managed to get more mileage out of it after what happened to him. I'd say dashing Cody pre and post nose injury, pre and post mask, because yeah. that shows how uh, the loss of something, the loss of a facial feature, the changing of a facial feature for a pretty boy character isn't always the end. And you can, there is more than just being, hey, I'm the good looking guy, cheer for me, kids, or boo me because I'm good looking. You can change and adapt with the circumstances you're in with the pretty boy character, something which I think is overlooked in some cases. Okay, so just to, in summary, your four Mount Rushmore's are... Rick Martel, Tyler Breeze, Narcissus Lex Luger, uh, Dashing Cody Rhodes, both okay. pre and post nose break. Okay, my four are different to your four, so we will have to do a bit of back and forth till one of us concedes. Mm. I'm going to go with the original, the originator, Gorgeous George. Right there in the name, Gorgeous Gentleman. Sure. Rattled the fans up something crazy and genuinely changed the aesthetic and the style and the marketing of professional wrestling in the 50s. Yes. He brought on the first golden age, in our, in theory, of professional wrestling. Then I'm going to go Ravishing Rick Rude. If we're going to go down the rugged, handsome world, then Rick Rude's the one, because he was able to take that gimmick and be slightly effeminate. You know, the, one of the classic effeminate pretty boy things is having his bum exposed. That was a yeah. regular, frequent feature back in his perm days. And then when he had his hair shorn and trimmed, he became much more of a tougher, hard man, but he still retained the swiveling mm. hips. You know, the, the swivel hips is the classic pro- preening, posing physique. And he had a different look to a lot of wrestlers there. Whilst most wrestlers were bulked and huge, he was lean. Mm. He didn't have an ounce of fat on him. And he died of a heart attack at 40. Um, my third choice is going to be early Heartbreak Kid era Shawn Michaels. So I'm talking the Sensational Sherry, Diesel, Bodyguard era Shawn Michaels. The first heel run of Shawn Michaels. Okay. He was the sexy boy. He was the boy toy. He was obsessed with his looks. He would, And he had some classic moments with the mirror. Like the moment when the mirror suddenly revealed that Marty Jannetty was behind him. Fantastic little gimmick. Now, I'm going to go a bit controversial here with my fourth one. I imagine if you're going to argue with any, you'll argue against this one. My fourth pretty character is Sunny. She changed the aesthetic look of the female. She was the original diva, created the diva look. Her whole gimmick was derived by how good-looking she was and the fact that she could manipulate men, be it Skip, be it Phineas Godwin, be it Billy Gunn. And she was a gold digger. And it was all derived from her looks. And the fact that someone who looked like Sonny... Obviously, there have been attractive women in wrestling before, like Miss Elizabeth and so on. But she was 
She she wouldn't have looked out of place carrying a mirror with her to the ring. Her whole song was I Know You Want Me. Her whole thing was her looks. Whereas now there's like hybrids of it. They're good looking, but they can wrestle like Trish Stratus. Sunny mm. was never a wrestler. She was a personality, and her personality was based on her good looks. So those are my four for Mount Rushmore. Gorgeous George, Ravishing Rick Rude, The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, and Sonny. Now, this is an interesting one, because I think we both know which one of the other four we want to argue against. Um, You've already sort of alluded to the which one I think you're going to pick at strongest out of my four. Mm. And you're right, I think Sonny is the one I'm going to pick strongest out of your four. So, would you like to take the floor first? Okay, I can go after any of them, really. But, um, let's... (laughs) Well, no, no, I'll go after... Uh, Rick Martel is a good choice. Rick Martel is a good choice, though I think Rick Rude was better than him at that point, and I think Shawn Michaels took the gimmick and worked with it better afterwards. They had that classic Shawn versus heel at SummerSlam 92, um, where they couldn't hit each other in the face, which was a nice little fun gimmick match. Tyler Breeze, he's not yet proven. He is a developmental character. Technically, the vast majority of wrestling fans will have not seen him or heard of him. And he may never make it up to the main roster. So, you know, and and as has been proven by um, uh, the Ascension, there's no guarantee that he'll even be given the gimmick or, or Vincent Mann will care about the gimmick. But I will concede that maybe in three years' time, when we do, if we were to do it in three years' time, there's a decent chance Tyler Breeze will be a shoo-in. So I can understand that. Lex Luger, the narcissist gimmick, the problem with that is, like I said, it lasted six months. Yeah. It lasted all of six months. But, is that his fault? To an extent, what, yeah. They what, obviously... what happened in really in 93, 94? Is that Hogan left and he wanted yeah. an American to replace him? That's fine, that's fine. But again, when you think of Lex Luger, you think the total package, you think made in the USA, you think uh, fighting against the NWO. Mm. I would say the narcissist that comes as like number five on his list of accomplishments or his list of characters when people but you think can't deny it was something he did really well he did it well enough he was never a great wrestler nor did he particularly you know there's a difference between just showing your muscles off if you've already got that and running with it and having amazing promos and the like mm. which you know Rick Rude Gorgeous George Shawn Michaels and Sonny could all do great promos based on their yeah. looks and Sonny it is interesting choice. It's a, con- it's a good choice. I think she. It's tough to say because we don't know how she would have worked the pretty boy gimmick in the ring. That, she that, never that's had to. Factor. She never had to. But uh, and obviously it's you know character wrestlers. But without that unknown variable of how she's going to do it, I mean, I'm not saying she wasn't good at it. Mm. I'm not saying she wasn't great at it. Um, but. It's tough, because she was the first, um, and I think she'd have been good if she was around other divas as well. I'm not saying she wouldn't have been, but... There wouldn't have been other divas to be around if she hadn't turned up in the first place. Uh, again, I'm not I'm not denying that. But my, my point is, is we didn't... Yeah, I mean, she, she manipulated individuals, and, you know, obviously like, put, she was the catalyst that put teams against teams. But she never had a feud on her own has hurt against someone else where we could see like looks being an issue or anything like that or 
you know, promos where someone was like, oh, well, you know, you're, you're, you know, such and such and such about her specifically without her being a vehicle for someone else. Well, she, that would have been seen as a distraction taking away from the wrestlers. The fact that she was able to become one of the top three or four figures that the WWE was marketed around shows mm. all the more how remarkable her achievements were. The likes that, that very few women performers have managed. Trish Stratus managed it for a while. AJ managed it for a very brief period. Yeah. Maybe one day, Charlotte or one would assume more slightly Sasha Banks will be able to be one of the featured prominent players. But my, I'd say my, the core reason why I'm reluctant with Sonny is because I think she was more... And again, this is no way of saying it without sounding uh, bad. She, she was more, rather than a character herself, she, she was really rather more used as a prop for other characters. Um, now... The classic example, the only really example of a manager these days is Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman is a prop for Brock Lesnar, but Paul Heyman stands alone as himself. And Sonny could have stood alone as herself. She did stand alone as herself. She was what the whole tag team division was based around in 1996. Mm. It wasn't based around the Godwins. It wasn't based around the Body Donners. It wasn't based around the Smoking Guns. It was based around her and her gimmick. And that was fine for then. But it, did it really last the test of time? Here's my next contrary argument to you. Because if I have to concede one, that means I have to go with the definitive one from your list. Now, does your list of Rick Martel, Tyler Breeze, Lex Luger and Cody Rhodes suggest a more definitive pretty boy character than mine of Gorgeous George, Rick Rude and Shawn Michaels? It doesn't, but mine shows... More accurately, I would say the evolution of the character. Yours does seem. Um, well, I would argue that the evolution of the character doesn't start and doesn't isn't shown unless you've got Gorgeous George in there. To an extent, obviously that's where it starts from. But um, I'm just focusing on what I feel is quite a, is proof that quite a dated gimmick is. Uh, what should I replace Sunny with then? Because I'll tell you right now, you should replace. I think you should replace Tyler Breeze with Gorgeous George. There would be no Tyler Breeze without Gorgeous George. I see where you're coming from. I would replace Sonny with, uh, I'd say Rick Martel, because whilst you're right about Rick Rude, good character, Shawn Michaels, good character, we're not talking about the model Rick Rude. We're not talking about the model Shawn Michaels. We're talking about ravishing Rick Rude. That's another Ravishing Rick Rude. You become ravishing if you're a model. If you're a model, then you've got to be ravishing. But we're not... like Rick Rude was more talked about as his heel work. He wasn't talked about because he was a model. Rick Martel... That's not his fault for being a better wrestler. Well, yeah, but we're looking at the gimmick here. Yeah, but he was better at his gimmick than Rick Martel was at his gimmick. Rick Rude would hip, swivel his hips, he'd do his promos. What did Rick Martel do? He walked down the ring with some shades and an arrogance thing and had a badge saying, yes, I'm a model. He needed to remind people what his gimmick was when he was walking down the ring. <laughs> Rick Rude didn't have to remind anyone. I, I'd i be willing to cede Rick Martel. I wouldn't be willing to cede Tyler because I think my point is valid. And it's so a gamble. I accept it's a gamble. I think it's a gamble that'll see, pay Rick off. See, Rick Martel's the one of that list that I would have preferred you kept. I would rather you drop one of Tyler Breeze, The Narcissist, or Cody Rhodes for Gorgeous George. Well, out of those three, if I was to drop one, it would be uh, Lex Luger I'd drop. I wouldn't okay. drop the other two. I stand by those okay. choices. So, that means that our definitive pretty boy is where it all began. With Mr. Gorgeous George. So, that has been a very passionate debate about good-looking men between (laughs) the two. So, Simon, 
are there ways for people to get in touch with you? Particularly good, good-looking young men. <laughs> um, if good-looking young men want to get in touch with me, as would any of as any of our fans can, they can find me on Facebook. I am Simon Cross Free on Twitter. Uh, so cool because uh, in the Simon Cross Racing team, I drive car number three. And people can also find me out and about on the streets in uh, Leicester, if I'm out and about on the streets in Leicester. Or if they wanted to uh, take interest in any of my other activities, I believe we've already mentioned the links to those before. But um, as I say, we'll be plugging away at those quite comfortably soon enough. Okay. Uh, My name's Lorcan Mullen, and that is my Facebook account name. That is my Twitter handle, and that is also the start of my email address. It ends with gmail at gmail.com for the email address. And for all the other ones, that's Lorcan Mullen. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for Apple N. You had a bit of an incident recently with that, didn't you? Yes. Uh, We're talking about attractive people. (laughs) Maybe the most beautiful woman I've ever met in my life. Uh, No offence to your mum, Simon. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I can't even be mad. Um, She was working for the staff at the Pleasance in uh, Edinburgh during the Edinburgh Fringe. And she was absurdly good looking. And it also turned out she was Spanish. She literally said to me, Simon, I'm from Barcelona. (laughs) 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 And she was obviously much better in English than I was at Spanish. But when I went to spell my surname to her, uh, my way of helping her did not help her whatsoever. She did not know what this word A for Apple was. It's because it's a manzana. (laughs) A for Apple? (laughs) What is this? A for Apple? (laughs) She became Italian quite quickly, I just noticed. (laughs) Uh, It was really weird. She kept serving me as well after that, which was so weird, like just... By sheer coincidence, not because I was following her or anything. Like, we bumped into each other a ridiculous number of times. Uh, there are a lot of quote marks being aired right now, I must point out. No, they're <laughs> not! <laughs> no, I, ge- I genuinely didn't. It was weird. Like, well, obviously, I was going to the Pleasance quite a lot, as she pointed out, but that was just because, you know, it's a good venue. Have you ever been to Edinburgh for the festival, uh, Simon? Uh, still, It's still something I've yet to take off my list. It's um, a remarkable event called The Wrestling Three which is the third incarnation, obviously, of this bi- biannual... Is it biannual or biennial when it happens every two years? Because one of them means it happens twice a year, and one of them means it happens every two years. I think it's biennial. Bien- biannually is twice a year, I'm okay. sure. So biennially, they have an event called The Wrestling, which is where comedians and wrestlers uh, come together for one wild night of craziness. And this was maybe the craziest night of all, and it had the likes of uh, the villain, Marty Skull and um, a very large gentleman called Bulk, that's the Hammerhead, the Prince of Punjab, the Prince of Punjab, the Prince of Mumbai, Ricky, Ricky Ghosh, or something like that. And uh, and wrestlers such as the Parallel Parker, Tom Parry, <laughs> who was a wrestling parking attendant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wrestlers with jobs is still alive and well. With, with, when it's comedians playing wrestlers, it certainly is. There was a there was Irish wrestler, there was Irish female wrestler Ashleen, Revenge for the Famine B, <laughs> who ended up getting gorilla press slammed out of the ring onto three comedians who fortunately were able to catch her. Quite a remarkable event. So if you come up, obviously it won't be on in 2016, but if it's on again in 2017, Simon, you will have 
You'll have to come up and join me for that. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I accidentally muted my phone, microphone there. I was going to say, there's a bit of a weird, awkward pause. I thought, uh, okay, is, is he coming on to me a little bit? <laughs> a little? <laughs> oh, and so no, I'll, I'll definitely, it's something I have to do. I mean, it's funny you mentioned Barcelona, as that is where I am off, I will be in two weeks' time. So uh, that, that, that'll be quite um, interesting. <laughs> I, I, I'm on two weeks of holiday at work as well right now, just about to go on it, and uh, the furthest I think I might go, I was thinking of Dublin, but that was a bit too far away for me, so <laughs> I think I might be just going to the the Brecon, uh, what's it called? Beacons, Brecon, Brecon Beacons. Beacons, that might be as far as I'm willing to go. Uh, for all of our American listeners, Google it. It's a lovely, it's a lovely part of the countryside, yeah. in Wales, oh, yeah. the Welsh coastal area. Anyway, for Simon Cross, I'm Lorca Mullen. Thanks for letting us tell you something. Have a great time. Until the next time, farewell. Think about it, Derek. Male models were genetically constructed to become assassins. Models don't think for themselves. They do as they're told. That is not true. Yes, it is, Derek. Okay. But if this has been going on for so long, Mugatu... He's just a punk-ass errand boy working for an international syndicate of fashion designers. You do a little background check on your Mr. Mugatu, you'll find that he sold his soul to the devil for a shot at the big time. But why male models? You serious? I just... I just told you that a moment ago. Right.